Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate marriage, family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins. And on today's episode, we are talking about making your marriage last. Ashley and I have had the honor and privilege of having amazing older couples involved in our life over the years. And and specifically, I'm going to give a shout out to Will and Cindy Cunningham, who are go-tos. And generally, we don't call them when things are going great. We call them when we're in need of help and advice and wisdom and uh, I just can't tell you how much they have helped us make our marriage last. And so today, with that same spirit, we've brought in a dear friend of the ministry to share his insight and vision for healing marriages. Mark Pyatt is the husband of Angie, the father of Nicole and Andrew, the granddaddy of Brody and Nellie, and the vice president of Focus on the Family Retreat Centers and Focus Marriage Institute. Mark, say hello to the people and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, it's good to be with you, Shay. Thanks for having me today. Um, yeah, just a, a little bit about me. Uh, you know, we've uh, been working in what was the National Institute of Marriage, now focus on the Family Marriage Institute, uh, for about 20 years. And uh, we got to be a part of starting that along with Greg Smalley and Bob Paul years ago, and it's just been an amazing ride uh, doing that. Mark, my my marriage has been blessed by your ministry over the years. I think uh, this is my 15th summer, but Ashley and I have gone through um, some extent of the counseling, you know, through the what formerly was National Institute of Marriage and um, now has been picked up by Focus on the Family. But three times you guys have had Canicuck directors out over the years, and, and we still process through some of the... Um, the mental models and and the counseling techniques that you guys shared with us. And so I'm so excited and really have some personal investment here to share what you guys are doing, how you go about it with our our families out here. And so um, you had mentioned National Institute of Marriage. Tell us a little bit more about its foundations and when Focus on the Family came in and became a part of that. Yeah, we... uh... Um, launched the ministry in 2003, um, centered around the intensive marriage counseling program that was originally a part of uh, Gary Smalley's ministry. And um, this program is group counseling. Five couples come in for four days, arrive on Sunday, depart on Friday. And we have some other counseling programs as well, but that's our primary program. Um, So about 32 hours of counseling over four days, we call them intensives. Uh, The The name of the program now is Hope Restored. You can find out about the program uh, at uh, hoperestored.com. But these couples come in and, um, you know, about 75% of them are probably at this place of saying, this is our last stop. We've been through counseling. We've done a lot of things and we're just stuck. So either we're going to get help or we're going to do something different and probably divorce or, you know, and... um, Over those four days in the group counseling experience, uh, couples just have make amazing progress. Our research is showing that more than 80% of those are married two years post-intensive in spite of coming in in such a distressed place. So it's pretty remarkable to be a part of it. But we started that about 20 years ago, and that's grown from serving, you know, uh, 
100 to 200 couples a year to now we're serving about uh, this year we're projecting just shy of 1,400 couples through our front door. Wow, that is phenomenal, Mark. So you mentioned 75% or marriages are in really bad shape. Tell us about the other 25%. I'm kind of curious what state you know that they're coming in. Yeah, mo- most uh, most all the couples are experiencing some level of crisis. Some are you know um, experiencing crisis, but they're not uh, they're not uh, you know on the brink of divorce. They're going to see it through no matter what. Um, and then there's a, the, a very small percentage that just come because they want to do something to make their marriage even better. Right. But um, most, almost everyone is experiencing some level of crisis by the time they get to us. Yeah. Mark, I want to go deeper with Hope Restored. But before we do, I want to dig in with you a little bit um, more personally. You know, tell us about the process of becoming a grandparent and what that's looked like. Because, uh, you know, we're fortunate to be tied in with your family. Mm-hmm. Brent Potter is, is one of our directors here at Canicut Camps. And Nicole, your daughter, married him. She happened to be uh, one of our kids' kindergarten teacher. And she is phenomenally gifted. And now they're, yeah. they're blessing you with some uh, grandbabies. What's that been like for you and your wife? Amazing. That's, you know, uh, yeah, being a grandparent is uh, really a highlight for us right now. Um, you know, often people will say, you know, what, what's the what's the best part of being a grandparent? Um, and, you know, it, certainly the kids are great. We love them. And, you know, I had a mentor one time tell me he's never met anybody with less than average grandkids. Uh-huh. That's true of us, too, you know. <laughs> I believe it. They're, they're pretty amazing. But um, the best part for me of being a grandparent is watching your kids become good adults. And so... So, you know, you raise this little girl, mm. right? And then she matures and becomes a young woman. And then you see her in the role of mom and giving and sacrificing and being a great mom. Um, it might be the most rewarding part of the whole deal is seeing your kids. You know, a lot of parents are ra- they feel like they're raising children. We're not. We're raising adults. So when they become adults and they're doing it well, it's, uh, boy, it's sure a, a source of a lot of pride for us. Gotta be. What yeah. a blessing. And, and- and truly, you know, Nicole's one of the finest young women. I just can't imagine how that makes you feel. Um, you know, you've gone from having two kids in the house, they've left the house, and now you're gone in the grandparent zone. What's that transition been like in your own personal marriage? You know, it's been good for us. Um, we're uh, really being intentional. Matter of fact, here in this season of COVID, um, we've probably had more face-to-face time over the last three months than we've had in any three-month period sure. since we've been married. You know, uh, I'm officing from home, so we, uh, you know, we really get seven days, seven full days a week together. We were uh, talking about it this weekend, and um, we we really feel like these last few months have been a, a, a trial run at what retirement may look like someday. And uh, we think we're ready. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, That's we, a good test run. Yeah, huh? yeah. We, uh, we really have enjoyed the additional time together. And uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're excited about the next phase whenever that comes in the next 10 or 15 years. We think we're ready for it. Well, Mark, you've got an interesting perspective. I'm curious what your thoughts are and perhaps what you're seeing already. You know, I think there's both... Um, really great things and really hard things that are happening within families because of mm-hmm. the pressure of COVID. Um, 
you know, we've got some great friends that are super active, involved, super loving Christian family. And a couple months ago, they made the statement, you know, we've had more family dinners together over the last two weeks than we have the last six months. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just wonder, have you guys, you know, in your call center, what kind of feedback are you getting? What, what, What's the effect right now in regard to this quarantine and everything happening mm-hmm. in regard to marriage? Yeah, of course, uh, folks aren't going to call the call center and say, we're doing great. You know, I mean, that's not right. the, the kind of phone call you get. Um, as I talk to my friends, the circle of people I, you know, I speak to, whether it's donors or friends of the ministry, um, what I hear most is this blessing that this has been. And it's what you're talking about. People are circling up around the dining room table more often. They're connecting with their kids. I mean, even, you know, our son came home from college and has spent the last few months with us. Um, you know, I'm, we go work out five days a week together. We connect, lots of great conversations around that. And I'm hearing that from people that they've been able to be more intentional relationally with their family uh, than they've been able to be when we we're all running at Mach 5, you know? No doubt. Um, but on our, in our call center, the demand for our program is way up. Um, there are people that are experiencing a different level of crisis during this time. And um, I don't think COVID, um, I'm not going to say COVID has created issues, but it, it's probably exposed a lot of issues. And, yeah. uh, you know, the whatever the unhealthy dynamics are in a relationship in this COVID environment, they experience more of that, you know, and, and we see that. Um, you know, on a, uh, throughout the year, right after major holidays and things like that, our call volume goes up. People get some vacation, spend some time at home, and then realize we've got some stuff that we need to work on. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of demand for our programs right sure. now. Sure. Pressure is exposing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you come from the business world, and I'm, I'm curious for you just to, to share a little bit of that journey. Where'd you come from professionally, and how'd you find yourself in this current role? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I, my background is hotels. Um, I started uh, working in hotels in Dallas at a place called the Lowe's Anatole Hotel, which is now a Hilton property in the market center of Dallas. But it's a big 1,620 room convention hotel. And um, from there, I was recruited by Bass Pro Shops and brought up to Bass Pro Shops um, uh, at their Big Cedar Lodge when they were less than 100 rooms and really my role was in the front office areas, the rooms division area, to help them navigate significant growth as they started building rooms. So I spent about 10 years as the director of operations at Big Cedar Lodge um, through, um, well, they're still growing, but through 10 years of really significant growth phase, you know, we you know, quadrupled the size of the resort during my time there and then all of the, you know, all of the other, um, you know, other areas of marina and retail and all of that stuff that was my responsibility. So that's kind of my background. It's where I cut my teeth. Um, I uh, had some years ago, I was friends with, uh, I'm friends with Terry Brown. And years ago, he uh, started talking to me about the Smalling Relationship Center and uh, some of their needs over there. And um, I spoke with them on and off for a few years. I was telling Angie during that time, I felt like the Lord was doing something in me that someday I'd be in vocational ministry. And um, yeah, met with Greg Smalley after he became president of the Smalley Relationship Center and 
we made the move over, became their chief operating officer. And, um, and then from there, about a year later, we launched in a nonprofit environment, the National Institute of Marriage. Wow. And your paths are still twi- intertwined, aren't they? Yeah. And so we launched the National Institute of Marriage, and uh, Greg ended up moving to John Brown University. And from John Brown, he ended up at Focus on the Family. And, uh, and then uh, Focus was talking about their marriage ministry. And, you know, we, we kind of have the Air Force through the broadcast, but uh, really wanted to see some ground troops in the front lines of what was happening in marriage. And Greg mentioned us and, uh, you know, they became interested in what it would look like to acquire us. And five years ago, they acquired us and we've actually six years ago now. And uh, we've been growing like crazy ever since. Isn't that so fun to just mm-hmm. see how God's orchestrated all of that, you know, to influence marriage and, and family throughout the country is, it's really fun and encouraging to see. Mm-hmm. So being a businessman coming into a ministry role, how do you see your role or those skills that you found in the business world mm-hmm. applying in the mission now uh, I, at Hope Restored? Yeah, I think ministries really need... Um, folks that really understand how to align a team towards some great goals and, um, you know, envision cast for what does it look like 10 years from now. Um, get really clear about what our objectives are and then start working on strategies for where you want to be five and 10 years from now. What do you need to do now to get ready um, and prepare for growth? I think those are, um, those are those are skills that are needed in every ministry in the nation. You bet. Yeah. Okay, so let's drill down a little bit into Hope Restored's approach to healing marriages and, and building marriages that last. Talk to us a little bit about overarching strategy. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, um, we, we, do, we have a number of different programs. There's a, a, a group program that is a four days, 32 hours of counseling over four days, five couples with two counselors, um, and then also we've got some individual programs. There's a three-day and a five-day program where one couple will work with uh, two counselors. Um, you know, but in, in that program, uh, couples will present what they're experiencing um, and the couples will work or the counselors will work through those issues with them. Um, in the group program, there's this really fascinating dynamic in that, Shay, if you were there with your wife, and the counselor was working with you, you've got all these filters going on. You're trying to figure out, do I want to say this? Do I want to say that? Well, if I say that, is it going to help? You know, is that going to upset my wife? Is that, you know, and you're filtering through that, and I might be on the other side of the room, and I don't have any of those filters up. And as the counselor works with you, I, I would, you know, I would, I would identify with some of the stuff that you're saying, and vicariously, I would learn through... Right. The counselor wow. working with you, um, mm-hmm. and you know, and there'd be moments where I could really, without any of the pressure being on, say, "I may have some of that going on myself," and I would learn from that and grow from that. So there's this really neat group dynamic that's happening in that program. Um, but I think the the main thing is that uh, people don't realize how um, familial issues, how we're raised, our relationships with our parents maybe traumatic things that have happened to us growing up, how much that is influencing how we show up in relationship. And um, when the counselors are able to identify that and uncover that a little bit, people have the ability to deal with those issues and, um, and, and learn to deal with them in a healthy way 
that doesn't continue to do damage in their relationship. Because all of our, you know, um, we, we would call them buttons or our fears or whatever that, you know, sure. whatever language we want to use around that. But all of us have that stuff. And typically when we're in relationship and our spouse or somebody that's important to us gets close to that, whether it's the close to the buttons or the pain or mm-hmm. anything, we become reactive around that. And when we learn to manage that differently, we have the ability to show up differently in our relationship and make a difference. So, Mark, there's a lot of young listeners and a lot, um, you know, that are want to be married, mm-hmm. engaged to be married, just got married. What advice do you give them to push into those things in a healthy way? Yeah, I best piece of advice I can give anyone is to fall deeply in love with Jesus hmm. and learn and grow and mature in your faith. Um, and, and in that, um, do the, do the work of finding out where the enemy has written lies on your heart Mm. and allow the Lord to replace that with truth. And if you can, if you can do that in a really healthy way, um, you have the ability to show up in any relationship much healthier. And too often two people get together, they, uh, you know, and the, so without doing that, and they look to each other and they're dependent on each other for things that they were never designed to provide to the, provide for them. Mm-hmm. It's stuff the Lord is, you know, the Lord is to provide to you. Right. So when you really know how to tap into that and you're not trying to get something from your spouse that they weren't designed to provide from you, you have a much better chance of having a healthy relationship. Wow. You know, um, I was with a couple recently, young couple, been married three months, dated for two years, and in three months, there's character issues that have been exposed that they were blind to for two years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so much of the way that God has designed us is to know and be known. What, what advice do you give uh, young couples on getting to know each other? Like, how do you practically do that? What's the process? Uh, yeah, that's a, it's kind of a tough question. I mean, I don't know uh, exactly how to answer that. Um, I would say in the middle of the being in love and all of that, have some really deep and meaningful conversations. Mm-hmm. Get down to that stuff, um, you know, and, uh, and really try to uncover the quality and the, and the character that you want in a spouse when you're, when you're dating, um, dream together. Um, you know, I, I, so often I think a lot of marriages go off track because they, um, they expect marriage to always be about gazing at each other. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's just, it's, it's not it. It reminds me of a great, uh, St. Exupery quote, and it's that true love exists in looking outward together in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not in, uh, not in gazing at each other. So the more Ange and I can lock arms and commission together for something, you know, and in our life, that's missional work. We want to, we want to be loving people towards Jesus. The more we can do that together, the more vibrant our relationship is. I love that. Yeah. You know, um, when Ashley and I walk through, premarital counseling, um, 
She's not perfect, but compared to me, <laughs> she's about as pure as the driven snow. And I walked in with a lot of baggage, and and we had great advice to lean in with somebody who would help us mm-hmm. unpack those things because, um, well, we knew that there was things that we wanted to expose and to share and to process together. Uh, I don't know that we knew how to get there on our own. Mm-hmm. And I just think that is the beauty of premarital is that you have somebody who's older and wiser and that can ask the questions that, that perhaps you don't know to ask. And, I, you know, I just go back to Will and Cindy, like, they play that role in our life. And I just can't encourage marriages enough. Doesn't matter what age you are or how long you've been married. We need to have people built in our life to help us see and broaden our perspective. And in some ways I go back to your couples counseling where they're sitting in a room together and they may not be saying a thing, but God is exposing truth by way of community. Mm -hmm. And it's just a, I mean, that's the way God designed us to be. Um, Tell us a little bit about your, your team. What's the, um, the makeup of your team and the training of your counselors? Uh, Yeah, all of the, all of the counseling in our environment is provided by licensed therapists, whether they're, uh, you know, MFTs or licensed psychologists, but our whole team is, uh, they're licensed in some way. Um, We've got about uh, 40 to 50 counselors on our team now uh, between our Georgia location, Michigan location, Missouri location, and uh, yeah, um, many, you know, in different types of relationships. Some are employed and some are contract. Um, but we're on any given week, we might be serving as many as 30, of, 30 couples in, in, town, in intensives between our locations. Yeah. So that idea of counseling, I want to I want to I want to get your perspective because I think you can offer us um, some real wisdom. You know, for those of us who perhaps aren't on the brink of divorce or even in crisis situation, at what point should we consider counseling? Because I think in some ways, um, to go to counseling is to admit defeat, and mm. and um, I think that that's that's a shame, you know, to, to wait yeah. that long. What's kind of your perspective or what advice would you give us in regard to that? Well, I think if we're honest, all of us are broken. All of our relationships are broken. As much as Angie and I've been married 31 years, love my wife. I believe we have a great marriage, um, but there are still elements of our relationship that is broken. So it's great for us to have, as you mentioned earlier, friends that you can lean into, uh, people that can hold you accountable. But when you're when you're experiencing some crisis um, and there's something, whatever the dynamic is that you don't feel you can navigate on your own, I'm gonna, I think it's time to get help. Uh, whether you get that from your pastor or some lay counseling or professional counselor, um, gets, it, it just takes courage to ask help for someone to help you navigate through something that you don't need to, that you, that you don't have the ability to navigate through on your own. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so... Do that before it gets to crisis, and because people allow that stuff to fester and get worse, and and then, and then it seems like it's just something that's insurmountable that you can't get to the other side of. But a counselor can help you through that stuff pretty quickly. What are how would you advise us 
to build or to seek out the kind of community that that can help support a marriage. You know, Ted Cunningham calls mm-hmm. them uh, background singers. Right. What What are the qualities we're looking for in the in the people who we want singing the melodies between you know behind the harmony of our our duet? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think I uh, Angie and I we. We have a, there's a couple that we have known for 30 years now, um, you know, just our, just our dearest friends. And we have walked through some really dark times with them. They've walked through some dark times with us. Um, and I, you know, I, I've, I've, well, I told my kids this, you know, you have a lot of friends over your lifetime, but you, if you get two or three couples in your life that are lifelong friends, you've had a really successful life. So I would be careful about who you disclose that really personal stuff with. Be really selective and find, mm-hmm. make sure it's those, those friends that you know that are really committed to you and that will hold those things in privacy with you and, and, and work through that. Just be careful um, and choose wisely as you select those couples that you want to do that with. I love that. Awesome, awesome advice. What are some things that couples can do at home to help strengthen their marriage? Uh, communicate, just communicate, communicate, communicate. Um, you know, and, and I would also encourage, um, you know, it's been a while since Angie, so I feel a little convicted as I say this because it's been a while since we've done this, but um, Angie and I have taken a couple of trips where we'd just walk on the beach and say, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? Where do you want, where are we going? And I just, I feel that's a healthy exercise to be forward looking and looking toward the future. Um, you know, because uh, like this phase, we knew this phase was coming. So what um, our success right now is we're becoming empty nesters is really a result of what we've done over the last four or five years as we prepare for it. Yeah. So maybe they have or haven't asked for this, but what advice would you give your your daughter and son-in-law at this phase? So they're young married, they got a couple little kiddos, um, Professional life is beginning to, mm-hmm. to blossom. What do you say to that couple? Yeah, um, don't let the kids be the center of the home. Um, let your marriage be the center of this home. Let your faith in Jesus be the center of this home. Mm-hmm. And your marriage be the thing that you protect because your kids will benefit from that. Um, too, many, too many families are running around chasing kids, the, you know, the baseball, basketball, whatever the activity is. Um, they allow that to become the center point of their home. And, and I just think it's really dangerous. Talk to, talk to us practically. Well, how, how do you make marriage the center of the home? Yeah, um, protect, protect your time, protect your date nights, do things that allow you to be a couple away from your kids. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, and I think Brent and Nicole, are, are, they're working hard at that. We try to support them in that as much as we can. Um, but yeah, don't, don't let it all be about, uh, the the kids. You really need to invest in your marriage and do the things that it takes to keep your marriage healthy. Uh, so good. You know, one of the things that Ted Cunningham says, um, that we just champion in our marriage and and the marriage of others is a daily download, the weekly withdrawal and the annual abandon. Hmm. which I think is just kind That's of a good. clean little package for what you're saying. Daily download being, um, you know, that time in the day that's just for you. 
And, you know, right now, Ashley and I have six kids, 10 years and under, and finding that time is difficult. And usually it's at the end of the night. Um, We call it our EOD. It's the end of day download. And when I lay down in bed, I'm unconscious in 30 seconds. When Ashley lays down in bed, she's really ready to chat. (laughs) She's got a lot of words. (laughs) And, And so we've had to kind of foster that and build that in some ways. For me, it's be, it's a discipline to hmm. to serve her. The weekly withdrawal, of course, is the date night that you talked mm-hmm. about, and and an annual abandon. For those of us who are blessed, you know, to have grandparents to drop the grandkids off and and to be able to get away is such a huge thing. Um. So, Mark, you, I want you to speak to the couple that's on the rocks right now. And um, maybe maybe one or both of them is has written off the marriage. Mm. What would you say to them right now? Yeah, I um, I, th- I think couples sometimes. I mentioned this earlier. They they feel like they are so far from health. Um, you know, we we hear a lot of things from the couples that come to our program. I think the the thing we hear the most is they are just exhausted with trying to make it work. Um, and, and what we see is people that they feel like they're miles, miles apart when really they're just an eyelash away from a couple of small changes that can dramatically change their relationship. You really believe Um, that? I, I really do. You know, um, I have a dear friend here in town. Um, I'm going to be very careful because you would probably know this person. Um, uh, I've known him for 25 years, and um, they went to Georgia two weeks ago through the intensive program, he and his wife. And he came back and reported to me um, that the thing, he and he can't, des- he would say, I can't describe what happened to me. And he, he got free from, from stuff in his life. And he's able to show up differently in his marriage. And, um, and then, you know, and I talked to him the, the week after they got back. He goes, I woke up this morning. I had a heart talk with my wife before I left for work. And I have never in my lifetime had a more meaningful conversation with a person than I had this morning. Wow. We're, we're talking about all of that took place in about eight days. Wow. And um, it, we, we just see it all the time. Wow. You know, um, you know, for, and, and for the gal out there, this is a, this is a pretty common thing. They they will be asking for something to be different in the relationship over a period of time, and it could be you know months, years, maybe multiple years. And and what happens is something starts to be missing for them emotionally in the relationship, and and it just becomes more and more desperate for them. And it and I liken it to uh, you remember when you were a kid in the middle of the summer you would dive down and you'd lay on the bottom of the pool as long as you could. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And at some point, the need for oxygen becomes so desperate, you break for the surface. Yeah. And that's what happens in these marriages is something emotional is missing and it becomes so desperate. Um, the person will act out and um, break to the surface, whether that looks like have an affair, um, ask for a divorce, move out, but something dramatic happens. And the, and the challenge is um, they, 
They don't want to get help because getting help sounds like, can you go back to the deep end of the pool? And, and it's almost impossible to convince them. And again, because it feels so far away. Um, what I would say to that person today is um, we have no interest in seeing you sacrifice your well-being for the sake of the marriage. Um, it, there, there's three parts in this marriage. There's him, there's her, and then there's the marriage. And the best we can tell, two parts of that are eternal. One part of that is temporal. So in our model, we say there is uh, that, that we will never um, compromise the eternal for the sake of the temporal. And to that person, I would say today that we want to work with you and find a way for you to be full, whole, and healthy Wow! before, you're ever, before you ever need to lean into what do you do to the marriage. Wow. We want to make sure you can live life in the fullness of what Jesus has for you. And then in that context, we can have a discussion about your marriage. Wow. And who doesn't want that? Right. But an eyelash away. Very close. Wow. Mark, that was a beautiful end, and, and I want to stop there. But one more time, for those who feel like they would benefit from your program, could you tell them one more time how they can be a part of it? Yeah, go online and look at hoperestored.com. It's a part of Focus on the Family. And uh, again, we have programs that are in Missouri, Michigan, uh, Georgia, and uh, soon to be in California. So That is so fun to hear you guys growing. I'm not surprised. Uh, we need you. Um, well, Mark, thank you so much for taking time and being with us. We really believe in what you're doing. And as I mentioned before, we've benefited from it. Um, we know that, that what you guys are doing is Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-powered, and it is life-changing. And we thank you for what you're doing. And for those of you who are listening, we thank you for sharing your time with us today. And we hope that today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to marriage. With that, I'd love to pray. Father, we come to you today and we thank you for the gift of marriage. We know it is a gift and it is a, a blessing that you've given us to steward. We pray for the marriages out there today, God, that you give your angels charge concerning them to guard them in all of their ways. We pray, God, for those that are healthy, that you would continue to cause them to thrive and to grow together in intimacy and friendship. We pray for those that, are, that have fallen upon hard times. We ask, God, that you would do a work of redemption in them. And we pray a blessing over hope restored in the work that they are doing in, in the lives of marriages and families. And we just bless them in the name of Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to marriage, family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com.